Fine. Anyway, so first of all, uh, this morning's breakfast is being sponsored. I think it was Eli Geffen, right? I think it was uh, Eli Geffen sponsored it. It should be a schuss for him. Hol Mishpach, the Olkil, Ol Kal Yisrael. And also learning should be a schuss for Fur Shlema, for Yaakov Alel, Yaakov Moshe, Ben Goldis Katun. Kal Yisrael needs tzaddikim in that stature. So, Shev Fur Shlema, Kasav Shachal Yisrael. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago we started, uh, started Paragimel of Sefer Yeshua, more of an introduction to Paragimel. So we started to, uh, a couple of weeks ago the sugya of Sheva Levi and Sheva Levi's relationship with inheriting Eretz Yisrael or lack thereof. So that's what we began this sugya a couple of weeks ago. So tonight, today, this morning, we're going to be mamshich with that sugya and maybe it'll, it'll probably take uh, maybe one more, one more week after this to really flesh out the sugya as much as, uh, as, as we can. So just a little bit of a recap of what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. What we saw a couple weeks ago was basically a, a uh, the Pusik says as follows, It says in Pusik that there's a, a prohibition, the Ram counts this as one of the 613, that there's a prohibition for Sheva Levi to take a chalik in Eretz Yisrael, to have a, te- a portion in the inheritance of Eretz Yisrael. It's a prohibition for Sheva Levi to have, to have an inheritance in the land. We saw also that not only is it, is it a matter of they're not allowed to have inheritance in the land, they can't also have any part of the spoils of the war as well. Anything involved with conquering the land, the spoils of war, the land itself, Sheva Levi doesn't have a portion in that. Instead, so they have, as, we'll, we'll, as Hashem will speak about this also, they have certain cities that are donated by the rest of the Shvatim. Obviously, the Levim have to live somewhere, so they have cities that they live in. But in terms of having a Nachla in Eretz Yisrael, it says in Pasuk, that they're not allowed to have a chelik v'nachla with Eretz Yisrael. So that's the, uh, that's, the, uh, that's the Pasuk that we saw. Now, <clears throat> what we saw last time was a fundamental machlekes between the Rambam and the Ravid in terms of the nature of this prohibition. Uh, in, in, in boiling it down simply is the following idea is that according to the Ravid this is what we saw last time that according to the Ravid the, the nature of this Isser is not that Sheva Levi doesn't have a Shaykh Esteret Yisrael that's not that's not what's going on over here Sheva Levi Avada is one of the Shvatim and all the Shvatim are together in Meirasha Kilas Yaakov in inheriting Eretz Yisrael that's certainly Certainly, uh, you know, certainly the, the, the Sheva Levi is no different than any other Shvatim. It's just that the, the Torah is telling us, thank you, the Torah is telling us that in terms of how to divide up Eretz Yisrael amongst the Shvatim, mm-hmm. there's something special about Sheva Levi. That the way the land is divided up is in the following way. That most of the Shvatim get a certain percentage of the land itself. And Sheva Levi, their percentage isn't in the land, but it's in the Trumas and Maestras that come from the land. So this is how the Ravid understood that all the Pasuk is saying is, is that not that they don't have a chilek in Eretz Yisrael and not that they shouldn't partner with the rest of the Jewish people. It's just that what? It's just that in terms of how to divide up Eretz Yisrael, so we divide up in such a way, instead of, uh, you know, instead of even pieces of the land to every Shevet, including Levi, we give the land to the other Shvatim and a percentage of the Tvua, of the grain and so on is given to Sheva Levi. But, but, but in no way is Sheva Levi being kicked out of that general inheritance of Eretz Yisrael. That's the way of the Ravid. And what we saw last time is the Rambam is not like that. The Rambam is, is the opposite, quite the opposite. What the Pasuk is trying to tell us is the, in fact that Levi is not supposed to inherit land. We, we don't want Levi to be part of this collective uh, collective 
uh, inheritance that's called Eretz Yisrael. We want Levi to be separate and to be on his own. And if Levi takes a portion in the land of Eretz Yisrael, which is Meresh Akilas Yaakov, which is an inheritance of the Jewish people, then automatically, even if you can designate which portion is his, you're still part of the entire collective of the Jewish people in terms of the land, and that we don't want. We want Levi to be separate and to be designated on his own, and that's the intention of the Pasuk. And that's what we saw last time, that, that according to the Rambam, this prohibition is specific to the land of Eretz Yisrael proper, because the land of Eretz Yisrael proper is an inheritance of the collective whole of the Jewish people. And if Levi has a chalik in that, it means that they're becoming unified and becoming connected and sort of swallowed up in the collective whole. And we don't want Levi to have that. We want Levi to have a designated individual identity. Therefore, the Rambam said, if, you, if we're talking about lands that are outside of Eretz Yisrael proper, that are being conquered, where it's not an inheritance of the Jewish people, and every shevet can sort of stand on their own two feet and say, this is my land and that's your land and we're not mixed together, then fine, then Levi can have a portion in land. So it's not like we don't want Levi to have uh, karka. That's not the point. But we don't want Levi to have karka that automatically makes Levi one with the rest of the Shvatan. And land that will do that is land of Eretz Yisrael proper, because that land of Eretz Yisrael proper is given and still and is still in the possession, even after it's divided up, is still in the t- possession of Chloe's Knesset Yisrael. And because of that, if Levi has a portion in that, then that means he's just part of the collective whole, and that's something that we want to avoid. We want Levi to be designated and separate on his own. So this was the machlekes that we saw from Rambam and Ravid. Is Levi fundamentally a shevet that is supposed to be separate? Or is, that's the Rambam, or is Sheva Levi supposed to be a Shevet? That's amongst uh, the rest of the Shvatim. It's just the, the way we divide up Eretz Yisrael is unique and different with Levi, but it's still part of the collective whole. That was the Rambam and Ravid, and we spoke about that in Avedis Hashem, that this reflects itself also in the relationship of a Rebbe and the Talmud. Levi versus the other Shvatim is that Levi is the Mashpia, he's the Rebbe, he's the Tzaddik versus the other Shvatim. And this dynamic of, of the Mashpia, of the Tzaddik being Amongst the Talmidim, amongst the, the, the Hamoinam, or separate from the Hamoinam, that's what we spoke about, balancing the Rambam and the Ravid, as we spoke about last time. Okay, that was all, that was all that. Okay, so now what we're going to learn this morning is, this all works, everything we spoke about was in terms of how Eretz Yisrael was divided, and still is divided, whether we realize it or not. The question is, what's going to be La'asad Lavai? The coming of Mashiach, or Lasa Lavi, Tchias Mesa, whatever Lasa Lavi means exactly, what's going to be Lasa Lavi? So let's see together. We're going to see that it's a Machlekis Rishonim, and it's based on the Gemara and Babasra. It's a Machlekis Rishonim, whether this rule of, however you will understand it, Rambam, Ravid, whatever it is, but this idea that Sheva Levi doesn't practically have a portion in Eretz Yisrael, and it's not just divided up evenly amongst all the Shvatim, that idea, does that still, will that still be true, Lasa Lavi or not? So we're going to see it's a Machlokes Rishonim, and it's based on this Gemara in Babasa that we're going to see now. So let's see Maramokka number one. Again, this is a Gemara Babasa, Kuf Chav Beis Amidal. So let's just read through the Gemara. It's not so difficult. Read through the Gemara, and then we'll, we'll see how the Rishonim interpret it. We'll see where it takes us. Okay, so again, Kuf Chav Beis Amidal. Says the Gemara, Tanya. <clears throat> we have a Brisa. Asida Eretz Yisrael, says the Brisa. Asida Eretz Yisrael, Shetizchalik L'Shloisha Asr Shvatim. Right now, Eretz Yisrael was and is divided amongst 12 Shvatim. Right? That's, why is it tw- not Sheva Levi, but it's 12 because Menashe and Ephraim, right? Menashe and Ephraim are two, so that's 12. Says the Gemara in Lashalavai, Lashalavai, Eretz Yisrael will be divided amongst 13 Shvatim. Now the Gemara doesn't say, right, or the Brisa doesn't say who this added Shevet is. 
You could use your imagination, but we'll see what the Gemara says. But that's the Gemara. That's the Brisa so far. Now the Brisa explains. Shevetchila, and now what's interesting is, bear in mind, the Brisa seems to be like weaving together random points and random ideas about the inheritance of Eretz Yisrael, but we'll see how they're all part of one general idea. You'll see. So again, point number one, La Silava, Eretz Yisrael will be divided amongst 13 Shvatim. Point number two, Again, initially it was only to 12, and now it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll eventually be to 13. Point number two, The way Eretz Yisrael was divided was, it was in a way that tried to equal the playing field using money. In other words, the simple interpretation of, of the Brisa is, is that one Shevet, let's say, got a certain portion that's less valuable than another Shevet, so the shevet that had a higher valuable property would have to even it out by giving money uh, instead to the shevet that got uh, a lower portion. So you would use money to even everything out. Shenever bein rav l'ma'at. Amr Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda explained, Sa Yehuda, a portion of land of a sa, in the land of Yehuda, shava chamesh sa'in begalil. It might be, might be the same value as five sa'in, in the north. So, you know, property, uh, there's different values of property. So a shevet that got a high level value would have to uh, give money to even it out to a lower, to a shevet that got a lower value. Okay, that's point number two. Another interesting point about dividing up the land is that initially, again, it was divided up with a gairal. It says in Pasuk, you should divide up Eretz Yisrael with a gairal. It's a Pasuk in Masai. And with the gairal, we also use the Urm Vetumim to make the division of Eretz Yisrael. Shenemar al-piha gairel. It says that you should, there should be some speaking going on by the girl. So it's not just a girl, it's also someone speaking, namely the Urmvatum, the Kain God. Okay, how did it work? So the Brisa then gives an example. Allah Malubish Urmvatumim. Allah the Kain God was standing with Urmvatumim. The Yeshua of Akal Yisrael, I'm the fun of Yeshua and Kal Yisrael are standing before Allah the Kain God. The Kalapi shall Shvatim, the Kalapi shall Tchumen, Minachal Fun of. There's two boxes. One box with pieces of paper that have the name of each shevet on it, and another box with pieces of paper that have different boundaries, uh, portions of Eretz Yisrael. So what would happen? So the Chalukah says the Brais, it had to be with a gyrol using these boxes, and the Urm Betumim. So how did it work? So it says the Brais, So the Urm Betumim, the Kain Gadol, would first say with Ruch HaKadosh, what he would predict what's going to be pulled out of the gyrol. That's what happened. So for example, he would say, Zvulun Oila, he would say Zvulun is going to be picked. Ako and the portion for Zvulun that's going to be picked is the portion of Ako. That would be the example. So what would happen is, Tarf Bakalfi, then they would grab, they would put their hand in the box of Shvatim, and Taka Zvulun came out. Tarf Bakalpi Shal Tchumen, they would put their hand in the Tchumen box, right? And Taka, that portion of Ako would come out. So that, that's how it would be Urmvetumim plus the Gairal. And then he would go to the next, next uh, Shevet. He would then say with Rucha Kaidish, Vaimer Naftali Oila, that Naftali is going to be picked. And the portion of land called Ginoiser is going to become with Naftali. And that's what happened. This is a Lazar. This is Lazar the Kain Gadol. So Tarf Bakalpi Shal Shvatim, that's what happened. They would, whoever was there, they would stick their hand into the, uh, into the, into the Gairal box of Shvatim. And Taka Naftali would come out, Tarf Bakalpi Shal Tchumen, and then he would stick his hand in the box of Tchumen, that's how, that's how it happened. So again, that's what the Bryce is telling us, again, a few points. Again, how the Gairal work, how, how the, the division of Eretz Yisrael work until this point, it was 12 Shvatim, right? Not Sheva Levi, Menashe Nefrayim, not Sheva Levi. 
it was also, we understand that different lands are valuable, are different than each other, and they have different values. They would try to use money to even out the values. And the system would be with the Urmetumim and a Gairo. But now the Brisa ends off, But that's not the way it's going to be in Olam Haba, so again, one difference was, as we saw from the beginning, that in Olam Haza, until now, it was 12 Shvat, in Lasalav, it'll be 13. And now the Brisa explains that Olam Haza, that in this world, until now, before Mashiach comes, so there's a difference between properties. Adam Yeshle Sadalavan, one Shevet or one person would have a field that was good for, for grain. Ain Lai Sadah Pardes, but he doesn't have a field that's good for trees. So the Pardes, Enlai said the love, and one guy has a field of trees, one, an orchard, and one guy has a, has a farm for grain. So mm-hmm. every land is different, different values, different types. But Loi Lam Haba is not like that. Every single Shevet, and Taisus even extends every single person within each Shevet, will have a portion in land that will both be on a mountain and in a valley and in a hill. All different types of properties every single Jew, every single Shevet will have. Shanemar. It says the Braisa, it's a Pasik in Yechezkel, described the Pas- the Se- in, in Sefer Yechezkel, Perk Memches, so the Yechezkel Novi is describing over there how Eretz Yisrael, he's talking about the division of Eretz Yisrael, and the language that, that he uses, the Pasik over there, Shanemar, it says in Pasik, Shah Ruvin Echad, Shar Yehuda Echad, Shar Levi Echad. That the portion of Ruvain, the gate of Ruvain, will be one, the gate of Yehuda will be one, the gate of Levi will be one. In other words, the Gemara is, is, is interpreting what does it mean one? It means it'll have everything, it'll, ha- it'll be self-contained, it has everything. It'll have, uh, it'll have a mountain, it'll have a valley, it'll have this type of field. Yehuda will have everything, Echad, uh, Ruvain will have Echad, and Levi will have Echad. Not only is that a difference, but also, so not only is there is the difference that Lavoy, the every shavit will have all different types, but also there won't, it won't be using the gyral system or even the umratumim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Mechad Lohem Ba'atzmai. The Rebbeinu himself will be the one to divide it. Shenemar ve'ela machlokaisam no Hashem. This is their division. So says Hashem. So it's going to be Hashem Himself. That's the Gemara. Okay. So again, the, the, what the Gemara is trying to tell us. As again, the following thing: it's comparing and contrasting, dividing the, the land with Yeshua ben Nun versus dividing the land Lasalavi. And there's basic a few differences. Number one, with Yeshua ben Nun, it was twelve shvatim. Lasalavi will be thirteen. With Yeshua ben Nun, properties of each shevet were fundamentally different, different values, different types of properties. Lasalavi, it won't be like that. Somehow, every shevet will have every single type of property within itself. And finally, with Yeshua Benun, it was with a Gairo, and Urm V'tumim, Lasalavi will be the Rabbanu himself. That's the, uh, that's the, that's the simple Pshan in, in the Braisa. Now, in, in the idea that every Shevet will have, in describing the, the, the division of Eretz Yisrael, Lasalavi, that every Shevet will have its own self-contained Echad, it'll have all the property, all the different types of land within itself, the Gemara referenced this Pasuk in Yechezkel, which says what? Shah Ruvein Echad, Shar Yehuda Echad, Shar Levi Echad. So the fact that the Gemara is interpreting that Pasuk, referring to the division of the land, as Shar Yehuda Echad means, that Yehuda is going to have a portion of land that's going to have everything he needs. And Shar Ruvein Echad, Ruvein is going to have a portion that, have, that everything Ruvein needs. And Shar Levi Echad, 
Says the Rashbam, what do you see from the, lang- from the context of the Gemara? That the assumption is that just as Ruvain has a chelik in Eretz Yisrael, and Yehuda has a chelik in Eretz Yisrael, Ruvain echad, Shar Yehuda echad, so too Levi, Shar Levi echad. And so says the Rashbam, as we'll see in a second, it might not be the, you know, the focus of the Gemara, but behind the scenes of the Gemara, we see that this Pasuk, which equates Sharuvain, Sharlevi, Sharuvain, Sharyuda, Sharlevi, the Gemara is interpreting it in terms of the land, the portions of land. So you see that Levi will have a portion in Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Now, if that's true, then the initial statement of the Brisa and the initial difference between Yeshua's division and Lasalava's division, that nowadays that Yeshua Benun was with 12 and Lasalava will be 13, then probably I would say that's the, that, that, that's the 13th, that's Sheva Levi. What's interesting is the Gemara doesn't say that. Take a look at Marmokim number two. Marmokim number two, the Gemara then goes back to explain the Brisa. Omar Mar, we saw in the Brisa, I see there is Yisrael Shetzchalik Lishleish Asashvatan. That Lasalavi, it says in the Brisa, Eretz will be divided into 13 Shvatim. Idach Laman, who's the 13th? Well, I, I would say if I'm the Rashbam, as we'll see in a second, right? That that Lasalavi, Sharuvi Nechad, Sharudach, Sharlevi Echad, that Levi has the Chalak in Eretz Yisrael. Who's the 13th? I say it's Shevi Levi. Says the Gemara, Idach Laman, so what does the Gemara say? Who's the 13th? Omar of Chizda, Lenasi, Mashiach himself. Mashiach himself will have a portion. He's the 13th portion. He's not a Shevet. It's interesting, he's called a Shevet. But he, Lenasi means Mashiach himself. He's going to have the 13th portion. So the Rashbam, who again sees in the context of the Gemara, using that Pasuk, Shah Ruvain and Shah Yudha, Shah Levi, that Shevet Levi has a portion there. So Lasalavai is bothered. Why is the Gemara not saying that the 13th Shevet is Shevet Levi? So take a look at Maramukha number three, the Rashbam. Uh, says the Rashbam, Ulakaman Mefarish Mainiu Aisikhelek the Tafi Hasam. The Rashbam in the beginning of the Brisa says that you'll wait in a few lines from now, the Gemara is going to explain who that thirteenth Shevet is. And the Rashbam therefore asks the question, why and so and, and the Gemara is going to say that it's going to be Mashiach and not anything else. So ask the Rashbam, Dimashum Levi, I let it let, why don't we say Sheva Levi? Because Shevelevi will have a portion in Eretz Yisrael, just like the other Shvatim. How do I know? Because the Pasuk says, Shar Levi Echad. And the Gemara interprets that Pasuk referring to the portion, to the division of Eretz Yisrael, and Shevelevi is part of that. So, so why doesn't, so Esther Hashbam himself, if Shevelevi is going to be given a portion of Eretz Yisrael, why doesn't the Gemara say that that's the 13th Shevet the Bryce is referring to? Why does the Bryce have to say that it's talking about Mashiach himself? Says the Rashbam, Achap, because because if it's based on that Pasuk of Shah Ruvin Echad, Shah Yehuda Echad, Shah Levi Echad, the next words of that Pasuk is Shah Yosef Echad. So Lavi, Levi is going to have a portion, but Menashe Ephraim will only also have only one portion. So at the end of the day, it still remains 12. So nowadays it's 12 because Menashe and Ephraim are divided in two and Levi's left out in the cult. Menashe and Ephraim will be unified Shar Yosef Echad and Levi also will be given a, she- given a chelik Shar Levi Echad. But at the end of the day, it's only 12 now because Menashe and Ephraim just became one. So ask the Gemara, who's the 13th then? The 13th is, says the Gemara, Meshach himself. That's how the Rashbam interprets this whole this whole sugya. So, because he says, "Hamenashin Ephraim nami leyidu elchel gecha kedichsev hasam shar Yosef echad nim so yud beishvatim." So even when you count Levi, it's still only twelve shvatim. Noidin yud beishcholakim, but yud gimel. So who's the thirteenth? 
Lenasi kulokam, and that's what the Gemara says. It's for Mashiach himself. So, in other words, again, so the way the Rashbam is again approaching the Gemara is is that the Rashid the Rashbam is since the Gemara takes that pasuk of Shar Ruvin Echad, Shar Yuda Echad, Shar Levi Echad, Shar Yosef Echad, and interprets it in terms of how the land will be divided up. So you see clearly that Sheva Levi will have a portion of Israel as a Lavai. It just also happens to be Menashe and Ephraim will become unified as Shar Yosef Echad. And that's the Gemara saying, so Lasselavai, there'll be 13, what's the 13th? Not Sheva Levi, that's going to be part of the 12th, right? So it's going to be Mashiach himself. That's what comes out from the Rashbam, that Lasselavai, Sheva Levi has a portion in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, Nasi, the word term Nasi, the Gemara uses for Mashiach, um, there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin that uses the term Nasi for Mashiach ben David. So Mastama, that's what it means also, Mashiach ben David. So that's what's going to be, in, we're going to see about this, maybe we'll have time, I don't know if we're going to have time today, maybe next week, but it's a Chiddush, that we're saying that, the, that Mashiach himself, despite the fact that he might have a family portion from Shevi Duda, has his own portion, Mamish, equal to the rest of the Shvatim. I don't know who's, you know, I don't know what he's going to do with such a property, but uh, I think where it says. Okay, that's what, so we're going to have to see about that. Huh? No, I'm saying, but Mashiach when David comes from Shevi Duda, so. Who's going to get equal? Well, I, yeah, okay, fine. It might not be the biggest chalik in the world, but it'll at least be a chalik of echad that has all the different parts to it. Okay. Does Hashem, we should, uh, we'll figure it out. Okay. Let, 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 let's the Rosh Bam, huh? The whole map is going to change. It's not like yeah, 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 the map will change. But that's what we're going to see. That's what we're going to see. That's Rosh Bam. Now, on the other hand, there is an opinion of the Ran. The Ran interprets the Gemara differently. Take a look at Maramuk number six. The Ran in Babasar over there says the following thing. He first, he, the, the Ran quotes the Rashbam and he says like this, says the Ran. The Rashbam says that will have a portion of Eretz It's not true. It's not true. If, says the Ran, if you look in Sefer Yecheskel over there, in the context of the, of the Pasuk, you'll see clearly, says the Ran, that, this, that the Pasuk, that Yecheskel Navi then goes on to describe how the land will be divided up. And you'll see that when he talks about Sheva Levi, he still talks about Sheva Levi by, as being given donations of cities throughout Eretz Yisrael. So when you learn Sefer Yecheskel, even when he's describing Lasselavai, he's still handling with Sheva Levi in the same old way, which is they don't really have their own portion. They're just being given individual cities. So to say to Lasselavai, they can have their own portion, doesn't make sense. If you take a look in Sefer Yecheskel over there, Shalitul Chelek Barts, they're not going to have a Chelek in, in the land itself. They'll still have cities. The, the point of Sefer Yecheskel is, is that they'll have more cities, different cities, specifically they'll have cities around Yerushalayim, but, but, but at the end of the day, it's not like they're going to have a Nachla. Ve'afal Pisha Kosov Ai, says the Ran, the Pasuk says, Shar Levi Echad, Shar Yosef Echad, and that was the, where the Rashbam was coming from, the Pasuk, the Gemara uses this Pasuk to, to, to you know, in, des, in describing the portions of Eretz Yisrael, and it says, Shar Levi Echad, says the Ran, that's not, the Pasuk doesn't mean that just like Reuven has a chalik and Yud has a chalik and Yosef has a chalik Levi's going to have a chalik That's not what it means. It's talking about something else. Again, if you look at the context of Sefer Yechesk, you'll see it's talking about a, a unique thing, that Eretz Yisrael is going to have 12 gates. 
there's going to be lots of love. There's going to be twelve gates entering into Yerushalayim. Uh, uh, not Israel, Yerushalayim. is going to have twelve gates entering to that city, and every gate is going to be designated as a gate for that particular shevet. And that's a simple pshat pasuk: Shar Ruvein Echad, Shar Yehuda Echad, Shar Levi Echad. It's talking about the gates of Yerushalayim. So says the Ram. That's all the pasuk means. The pasuk doesn't mean that the the the, the, the Nachla Verity Stroll is Yehuda Echad, Levi Echad, and, and so on. The simple pshat is talking about the gates of Yerushalayim. And he says, V'sheva Levi Nami. And Sheva Levi will have a gate in Yerushalayim. Avav Pishalinotuchelik Ba'aretz, even if it doesn't, even if they don't have a portion in Eretz Yisrael. Nimnehu Bimini Hashvatim, they're still part of the Shvatim. V'royihu Shehel Ezikarim Yerushalayim, then they should have a, a Zecher in Yerushalayim, Keshar Shvatim. I, V'avav Pishadarshu Begemar, Misharu Vinechad. She'ein Lecha, Kolecha Vechad, She'ein Lech Bahar Bishvela. I, the Gemara uses this Pasuk in context of describing the portions of Eretz Yisrael. So the Ran is saying, okay, but Pshutah Shal Mikra, if you can save your chesed, you don't know any Gemaras, the Pasuk over there is not talking about the division of Eretz Yisrael, it's talking about Yerushalayim itself. But the Rashbam says back, uh, very good, but the Gemara, the Gemara uses that Pasuk, Sharuvin Echad, Sharidah Echad, to say that the portion of land of Yehuda and of Ruvain is going to have everything contained within it. And the next words are Sharlevi Echad. So you see the Gemara is interpreting it in terms of Nachlal Veretz Yisrael. Says the Rashbam, says the Ran, even the Gemara doesn't mean to reinterpret the Pshad of Pasuk. Rather, the Gemara is just making an individual drasha based on the extra word of Echad Echad. So says the Ran, the Gemara is not trying to reinterpret the Pasuk. The Pasuk is what it means, which is, as Shudah which is, it's not talking about the bigger picture of how Eretz Yisrael is divided. It's talking about specifically Yerushalayim itself. And, every, and Yerushalayim is going to have 12 gates. One for Yehuda, one for Reuven, one for Levi. That's what the Pasuk is talking about. The Gemara is just picking up on the fact that we have a lot of extra words over here. It could have just said Shar Reuven, Shar Yehuda, and Shar Levi. It says no, Shar Yehuda Echad, Shar Reuven Echad, Shar Levi Echad. So for that, the Gemara is interpreting that it's a hint to some bigger picture that the Chelek of Eretz Yisrael for the Shvatim is going to be Echadik. It's going to be in a way that it'll have everything self-contained. And that's true for Levi as well, that the cities that will be donated to Sheva Levi will have, will, will have uh, these qualities as well. But it doesn't mean that the Eretz Yisrael will be divided among Sheva Levi too. So that's the sheet of the Ran. So again, we have this Machlekes. Again, it boils down to how to interpret the Gemara, but Machlekes between the Rashbam and the Ran, whether this concept of, uh, we saw last, two weeks ago, that Sheva Levi does not have a portion of Eretz Yisrael, does that still, is that still true? Lassalavai, right? The Rashbam says it's not true Lasalavai. The Ran says it is true Lasalavai. Okay. Now, besides this machlaikis, what's the nafkamina between this machlaikis? Obviously, Lasalavai, it's the nafkamina, right? Whether Sheva Levi has a portion in Eretz Yisrael or not. But it has a nafkamina even now. Why? Would, last week, we took it for granted, two weeks ago, we took it for granted that this is, that one of the 613 is this prohibition, that Levi should not have a portion in Eretz Yisrael. There's a basic rule in Tarek Mitzvahs. In order for something to be counted in Tariq Mitzvahs, it has to be La'ilam Vod. You can't have a mitzvah which is only temporary, right, and it counted in 613. It says in Pasuk, in Parshish uh, B'Shalach, that the Jews were told they can't leave the mon over to the next day. So that's one of the Tariq Mitzvahs. The answer is Avadanat. Well, it's not counted in Tariq Mitzvahs. Why? Because it was only for that generation. It's, it's not a gear other than that moment. So we have many, many cases like this. Whenever the Torah says something, it, and it's, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, you know, put up, a, when, they, when the Jew, they were suffering from the snake bites in the Midbar, right? So he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, put up a nachash nachayshes, a snake of copper, and everyone shall look at it. So it's a new mitzvah, to look at a copper snake. It's, it's, not, it's not sure. That was specific for that generation. 
So the question is, it says in Pasuk, in, in Yisrael. It says in Pasuk, you're not, the Shele is not going to have a portion of Eretz Yisrael. Is that Tariq Mitzvah or not? So Lechor, it's telling this Machla, I guess, Ran and Rashvam. According to the Rashvam, that Lavoy Levi will have a portion of Eretz Yisrael, that means that that Pasuk is not forever. And if it's not forever, it's not Tariq Mitzvah. It'll last for a long time, but not until Mashiach, and Mashiach comes, that Pasuk is, uh, is irrelevant. So it means it was, you know, maybe a little bit longer than the Isser of uh, leaving over the Mun, but uh, it's not forever. According to the Ran, right, that it's a mitzvah, that even after Mashiach comes, Sheh Levi will not have a portion. Okay, then you can count it as Tariyah. Now, in fact, whether that Pasuk is counted in 613 is, in fact, the Mechalakis Rishonim. We saw two weeks ago, the Ramam counts it, the Ravid also counts that they have a machlekes amongst themselves what the nature of the prohibition is, but they both agree that it's counted in 613. Interestingly enough, the Bahag, the Baalach Skedoyles, one of the Ga'inim, and Rav Sajagayin, in a number of... Rav Sajagayin has many different listings of 613, so a number of his... He went... He, he changed his mind a lot uh, in the 613, but a number of his listings, they, the Bahag and Rav Sajagayin do not count this in the list of 613. Question is, why not? So... The answer is that it's dependent on this. The Rambam and the Ravid that counted in 613 are clearly going with the Shita of the Ram. That this prohibition is forever. Even La Salavi, Lebulunahavachelik. And since it's forever, even La Salavi, so you can count it in 613. But the Bahag and Rav Sajigai and the what, they don't count it in 613. Why don't they count it in 613? It's an open Pasuk. The answer is, is because they go with the Rashbam. And the Rishbam interprets the Gemara Bavasra to tell us that Allah Salavai, Sheva Levi, will not, will, will, will yes have a chilek in Eretz Yisrael. And that means the Pasuk of Loyil and Chilek was only, uh, it's not forever. So it's not in 613. You follow? Okay. Can't you say that the Tarkhavitsos are only Nahok until Yimas HaMashiach? Because we know the Medrash that says all of the Yantas will be Mevotal except for him. So that's a, that's a Shemuz by itself. But even that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean Kipshutai, and it definitely doesn't mean when Mashiach comes. When Tchies HaMesim happens, that's when things get a little bit hazy. But Yemais HaMashiach, Old Torah Mitzvah will, will still... Uh, so that, that interpretation is something else. Even then, there's still Mitzvahs, it's just a different form of them. That's a Sogi by itself. But that, we can choose about that at some point. Now, just see where I'm coming from. Take a look at Maramukim number five. Again, I'm going a little bit out of order over here, but Maramukim number five. So this is... Um, from Yerucham Fischl Perlel. He was one of the, I'm not a genius, uh, not too long ago. He died in the 30s, I think, 40s, maybe even later, 50s. So he, um, yeah, I think in the 50s. So Yerucham Fischl Perlel, so he wrote a peerish on, um, on the Sefer Mitzvah of Rosadjigayin. It's like Mamash called Tarakula. So he writes over there, and it's in Chelek Beis, and Loisa Seresh Lama Dalit. So he says this, he says basically what we just said. In the poem, Rav Sajigayin, one of the versions of the 613 that Rav Goin wrote was a sort of poem that weaves the 613 into the Aseris Adibris. It's a fascinating thing, that each one of the Aseris Adibris is like a category that contains a certain amount of mitzvahs, altogether 613. So in his counting of the Minyan HaMitzvahs, as, as it's incorporated into the Aseris Adibris, Sajigan does not count this prohibition of Levi having a portion in the land or not having a portion in the, in the, in the spoils of war. This all, he doesn't count it. And seemingly, says Aruch and Fishel, Sajigan is going with the opinion of the Bahag. Also, he also doesn't count. So what's Pshat? So the explanation seems to be the Tam Alpi Mashakas of Rajban. 
It's based on the sheet of the Rashbam that we just saw. Vatoisvis, Vasmag, a number of Rishonim that go with the Rashbam. That when Mashiach comes, Sheva Levi will have a portion in the land. Kishar Shvatim, just like the rest of the Shvatim, Ayin Shem B'Devrayim. Vim Kain, so if you go with the Rashbam, that Lasa Lava, Sheva Levi will have a portion in the land. That means Lava and Lava, that means that these prohibitions are mitzvahs Shein, Noing, and Ludar Asylum. That means that these are mitzvahs that are not forever. They're not going to be relevant when Mashiach comes. So therefore, they don't count in Tarek Mitzvahs. Okay, so now it's, everything's very misudder and very beautiful. You have two camps. One camp says that this prohibition of Sheva Levi not having a portion in the land is forever. That will be the Rambam, the Raivid, that count this as a mitzvah. And that will be the Ran, that even less love, Levi does not have a portion. Nice and seamless. And then you have the other camp, which is uh, the Rashbam, Rasajigain, the Bahag, and so on, that Lasalave Levi will have a portion of the land, and so it can't be, then this pro, these prohibitions are not forever, and they can't be counted in 613. Two camps, very, very nice, finished. The problem is the smog. The problem is the smog. The smog, the smog, Sefer Mitzvah's Gedolus, one of the Bali Hatayisfis, who wrote a six, the mitzvah, uh, Sefer Mitzvah, he makes, he makes trouble, you know, so to speak, but good trouble, good trouble. So the smog says the smog lit says two things. First of all, in um, in Marmukka number four, you'll see it in Lav and Resh Ayin Zion. The la, over there, the smog counts in the list. Uh, his listing of six thirteen, he counts the prohibition of not having a, of, Levi, of Levi not having a chelik in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, if he's counting that, it means that it must be a forever mitzvah. So it must be he's in the camp of Rishonim that say. That this is a forever mitzvah, and even Lasa Lavi, Levi will not have a portion. Yet the smog in that mitzvah quotes the Rashbam and says, like the Rashbam, that Lasa Lavi, Levi will have a portion. So this is where it becomes tricky. So, Maramukha number four, the smog in that mitzvah, Reish Ayin Zayin, which is counting Loyil, that they should not have a portion in Eretz Yisrael, right? In that same prohibition, he says, they will have a portion in Eretz Yisrael, as the Gemara says in Babasra, based on the interpretation of the Rashbam. So now we have the problem. This is the problem now. The smog doesn't fit the pattern. The smog is counting this prohibition in Tarek Mitzvahs, and he, st- and he himself says, but it's not, not going to be Lasa Lavi. Well, it's not going to be Lasa Lavi, then you can't count it in Tarek one of the basic principles of Minya Mitzvah is that everything in Tariyak has to be forever. If the, if the, if the smog is counting it, why doesn't he count the prohibition of leaving over Mun? And the prohibition of looking at the snake? It, it, it has to be forever. If it's not forever, it's not forever. <laughs> Perhaps this one. <laughs> I like that I can't, uh, I can't do it. We'll take one minute at a time. I don't know. That, that that's a difference between you know that's a real going you know like uh, you know to call it to, you know that I can't do so take a look at Marmuk this is not my kasha take a look at Marmuk in the seven so this is Rav Yochum Fischel Perlo also over there in that piece he brings up the stira the Omnam Divri Hasmagi says Tumumbeza based on this based on the whole sugya the smag is is a pella Demiacher the Dai Tekedas Harshbamzal if the smag goes with the Rashbam which he writes openly the Ein Mitzazuna Hegis Limas Mashiach that it doesn't that this mitzvah is not Lasa Lavi for with Mashiach then Loi Hoi Loi Limnas Lavin Eilin you can't count in Tariag. Nimsu Dvarim Saisman says, uh, so it comes out the, the smog is, 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 is contradicting himself. In the same sentence that he's counting the entire Yag, he's saying it, but it's not going ple- to apply when Mashiach comes, then it's not Taryag. Therefore, the smog, he blives Sarachin. What's the Pshan of the smog? Okay. 
So it's a, it's a kasha. All right, so here's the, here's the possibility. It's based on what we saw in the Rambam a couple of weeks ago. Remember, the Rambam counted this in one of the 613, right? The Rambam counts 1613. What's the nature of the prohibition? We saw this, and, I, and I, we chazed it over in the beginning of this year, if you can remember, because it's like a whole, like a lifetime ago already, it feels like. But uh, the beginning of this year, we saw that, the, well, again, to remind ourselves, what's the nature of the prohibition, according to the Rambam? Not that they just shouldn't have the ground. They shouldn't have karka. We have no problem with Levy owning real estate. That's not the issue. The issue is we don't want Levy to have real estate in Eretz Yisrael proper. Why? Because Eretz Yisrael proper is the inheritance of what? Of Chloe's Knesset Yisrael. And if Levi has a portion in that land, it means that Levi is being swallowed up, so to speak, in this collective whole called the Jewish people. And that we don't want. We want Levi to be designated and separate. That's all true in terms of how Eretz Yisrael is defined until Mashiach comes. What, did the, what, what was the larger context of the Brisa? The Brisa, the whole passage there, Shar Levi, Echa, Shar what did the Brisa say? The Brisa said this interesting phenomenon, that when Yeshua Benun divided up the land, so first it was with a Gairol and over Tumim, and lands were different, lands were separate. Some people got lands in mountains, some people got lands in valleys. And it's a little bit not fair, it's a little bit not, not nice, so that we tried to even it out with money, you know, that the higher properties would give money, you know, to lower properties and so on. But what did the Gemara say? But Lassalavai, first of all, it's not going to be with Urm Vatomim, it's not going to be with the Gara, it's himself, okay? And the Gemara said, and it's going to be such a phenomenon, that every Shevet is going to have every single piece, every single type of properties for every single Shevet. Here's the Nakuda. The Nakuda is as follows, is that, the, the, the Chiddush of Lassad Lavai is not just like this miraculous thing that every portion of land is going to have every type of... That's, that's, symbo, that's, that's a reflection of a, deep, of a deeper truth. Like, what's the site of that Indian? That every Shevet is going to have every single type of property. The answer is, is because the Gilu of Lassad Lavai is the following thing. There's such a thing that's called Kla Yisrael. And right now, the way we interact, the way we perceive Kla Yisrael is that there's this collective whole called the Jewish people, and every single Jew is a piece of it. Every single just a piece of it. Lasalavi, it's going to be revealed that the entirety of Kla Yisrael is reflected in every single Jew. The entirety of Kla Yisrael is reflected in every single Jew. This is a site that I've mentioned a number of times, and I, I always attribute it to the Rashash. The Rashash, Shon Shirabi, is one of his big, big secrets. The Giluim of the Rashash was what, was what he calls the, the, the concept of Hiskalus Vihiskashras. His scholars was inter-inclusion. And one of the big chidushim, or not actually chidushim, one of the big of the rashash is, is that the ultimate highest level of tikkun, we, we know like, um, the ultimate, you know, in, in order to, uh, the deepest vehicle, the, the greatest vehicle, I should say like this, the greatest vehicle of attachment to the Rabbani Shalom is always through achtos, Right? The Rabbani Shalom is the Achtos Pshuta. So the more that we can reflect Achtos Pshuta, the more we can become attached to him. Our interpretation, our understanding of Achtos is fundamentally limited until Mashiach comes. Our interpretation of Achtos is what? Is that there's this one collective thing. Like here, like our sense of Achtos right now is that there's one cup. Okay, I'm holding on to one cup. Now, if I took a piece off of this cup, what would that piece look like? Just a it would just look like a little, little part of the lid of this cup. Now, it wouldn't have the entirety of the cup in it. It's just a piece of the cup. So, where, so how, how does the cup remain one? The way the cup is one is if all the pieces are connected to this cup and they become one as this cup. 
That's a flawed, limited sense of achdas. The deepest sense of achdas would be if you took a piece off this cup and that piece would be the entirety of the cup. Because that means that the, the unity of the cup is so deep and so profound and so interincluded within itself that every single piece of it is the entirety of it. This, the, 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 you know, the, the silly muscle that I've given other times is like cauliflower. That's the muscle that I've given, like cauliflower. If you have a piece of cauliflower, you take off a little piece of the cauliflower, that little piece looks like the entirety of the cauliflower. That's, Lahavzal Elf Alfi Havdalas, the Rashash says that's called Hiskalus Viskashas. Hiskalus Viskashas is, is that it's not the shot that all the Shvatim are 12, a twelfth of this collective whole that's called the Jewish people. The deepest level of Achdus is that every Shevet stands on its own two feet because the entirety of Kla Yisrael is manifest through each and every Shevet. I've spoken about this before. There's a, the, the, there's a Machlegis in Chazal. When we stood by our Sinai, so it's these parshas. So the pasuk says over there that uh, that um, that Moshe Rabbeinu brought karbanas on behalf of the Jews. part of our geiras. We brought karbanas. So the there's machlekes in Chazal Mechilta, How many mizbechais were built by Moshe Rabbeinu? So there's two sheets in Chazal. I spoke about this once. I think by Yishal Shudas. One sheet in Chazal is that Moshe Rabbeinu built twelve mizbechais, one mizbeach per shevet. The Chach, that's Rabbi Yehuda, I think it was. The Chachamim say not like that. The Chachamim say that Moshe Rabbeinu built twelve mizbechais for each Shevet. So it was 12 times 12. 12 Mizbechais for each Shevet. What's the... So, so, so the, the site is this, this idea. There's one level of Achtas, which is this 12 Shvatim. And what's every Shevet? A 12th of Kal Yisrael. Okay. But now if you, took, if you took out this Shevet from the collective whole, what would the Shevet be? A, a piece of the collective whole. Just a little, you know. But the deepest site of Achtas is is that you could actually have every Shevet actually stand on his own and be independent, but at the same time, the entirety of Kalei Yisrael is within that small package. This is what's described, Lassalavu, when the Pesach describes Mashiach, it describes the Matzev of the Jewish people living in Eretz Yisrael as Ishtachas Gafnai and Ishtachas Teinasai. Every man under his own uh, you know, uh, vineyard, under his uh, you know, Teina tree and so on. That's a very funny thing. Why would I describe... The whole thing of Mashiach, Zachtas, like now we're all dispersed and everyone's like on their own. Mashiach comes, it means we're all Kla Yisrael again. But yet the Pesach describes the matzav of Allah's love with Mashiach as Ishtachas Gavna, Ishtachas Teinasai, describe as if it's like your mamash by yourself. The answer is because that's the greatest secret of Achtas. The greatest secret of Yichud of Knesset Yisrael is that every single Jew will be able to be by themselves and as themselves Kla Knesset Yisrael. Just like the cauliflower. This is what's being described by this Bryce Lassalavai. That Lassalavai, it's going to be a, a, in such a matzah where every shevet will have every single, every single aspect of Eretz Yisrael. You understand this? Every single shevet will have an aspect of every single shevet within itself. It's not going to be 12 shvatim. Every shevet will have 12 shvatim. And as Tysus extends in that Gemara, every individual member of every shevet will have every single piece of Eretz Yisrael. You won't, in order to experience Knesset Yisrael, you won't have to be part of this collective whole. Every single individual will have all of Knesset Yisrael within it. Now the Gemara explains that this is rooted in, in, a, in a deeper truth, which is that the division of Eretz Yisrael will be by the Rabbanu Shalom himself. Right? That's what the Gemara said, Rabbanu Shalom himself. Why? Because this phenomenon of a piece of something still having the entirety of the thing itself that's the nature of God Himself. That's what God is. There's a famous statement by the Baal Shem, and it goes back to earlier, Mekubalim as well, that when it comes to Elikos, 
if you're typhus bemixas, if you grab onto something, you're grabbing onto the entirety. Because that's the nature of ain't saif. What does it mean, something that's infinite? Truly infinite, ain't saif means that, that any piece of it is infinite. There's no, the, the very idea of a piece of something already means it's finite. Infinite means that a grasp of it, even a little bit, is the entirety of itself. There is no musig of, of moving parts. It's 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 a It's a singularity in and of itself. And if a person has a piece of that singularity, it means you have the entirety of the singularity itself. That's the nature of elikus. Eretz Yisrael will be divided by the Rebbeinu Shalom himself in such a way where every single Jew will have his own individual chelik without having to be bound, and without he won't to to find Knesset Yisrael. He won't have to look outside of himself. That's the chiddush of what Eretz Yisrael is going to be lost and loving. So let's go back. Since the nature, what was the nature of the prohibition? Says the smog, of course this is a prohibition, let's lose love. It's an always thing that Shevalevi shouldn't have a chilek in Eretz Yisrael. But as we saw from the Rambam, what's the nature of the prohibition? The nature of the prohibition is, is that if the chalukah of Eretz Yisrael, if it's being divided in such a way that forces Shevalevi to be just amongst the other shvatim, that's prohibited. But if theoretically, you could find a scenario where Eretz Yisrael proper will be divided in such a way that doesn't force every Sheva to be part of the collective whole like that, then we would have no problem with Sheva Levi you know, experiencing that too. The whole, again, what was the whole prohibition? The whole prohibition was that they shouldn't have the Chelev V'nachla in Yisrael. That's true as Eretz Yisrael exists and as Knesset Yisrael exists until Asalavai. Once Mashiach comes, then the very nature and makeup of Knesset Yisrael changes. And that is a is an, and that automatically will then, will will then m- maneuver the prohibition into irrelevancy, but it doesn't mean that the iser stops. In other words, whenever we're dealing with an iser that's not called taryag because it's not forever, it means that the iser has to have be, have to it has to be possible forever, but it just stops. If the Isser stops and says, like, for some, the Rebbe says, you know what? It's just, for now on, you don't have to worry about it. Okay, then that means it wasn't Taryag. But if the Isser is forever, it's just that the, the scenario to violate it isn't Negei anymore, then that can be a forever Dekei Isser. So here, here's the idea. This Isser of Sheva Levi having a portion of stroll, as it's interpreted by the Rambam, what's the prohibition? The prohibition is we don't want Sheva Levi to have a portion of the land that will force Sheva Levi to be just part of the collective mass. That's always. It just happens to be that when Mashiach comes, that's not the nature of, the, of, the, of, er, of Eretz Yisrael anymore. As long as Eretz Yisrael, it, it, until Mashiach comes, Eretz Yisrael is the portion of Klal Yisrael. And what is Klal Yisrael? This collective whole. So if Sheva Levi has a portion in that, it means that now Sheva Levi is just lost in the mix. But when Mashiach comes, what's changing is not the, the Isra stopping, What's changing is that the nature of, of Eretz Yisrael and the nature of, 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 of Knesset Yisrael is changing. And what's happening when what Mashiach comes is that Eretz Yisrael is no longer the possession of this conglomerate essence of, Eretz, of Klal Yisrael because, Eretz, because Klal Yisrael are now able to be experienced each Shevet on its own. And so now the land, now when Sheva Levi has a portion in the land, it doesn't require them to be just lost in the mix. It's Shar Yehuda Echad, Shah Ruvain Echad, Shah Levi Echad. The very nature of, of division of, of no put it this way. Just as the Rambam would say, there's only, there's no prohibition in Sheva Levi taking a portion in land that's not Eretz Yisrael proper. Why? Why was that okay? 
Because if it's not Eretz Yisrael proper, it means Shevet Levi's on his own. He's not forcing himself into this collective whole. That's exactly what Eretz Yisrael proper will be when Mashiach comes. You understand? It's not, it's not stopping the love. The, the situation has changed. What Eretz Yisrael proper, the, the, the Sibas Iser, what, 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 what we're trying to avoid with this prohibition, which is Shevet Levi getting lost in the collective whole, which until now happens when you have a portion in Eretz Yisrael, that no longer will happen because Eretz Yisrael will not be seen as this collective whole unit. Every single Jew and every single Shevet will be the, within themselves the collective whole. Namely, therefore, when Eretz Yisrael, when Mashiach comes, Levi will be able to have a portion in Eretz Yisrael proper and not violate the prohibition. So it's not that the prohibition stops. They just won't be violating the prohibition anymore because now Eretz Yisrael proper will not be f- having a portion of Eretz Yisrael proper will not force them to be part of this collective whole because now the, 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 the collective whole is found within each Shevet. So just as, so just as before Mashiach comes, there, there's no prohibition in Shevet Levi taking a portion outside of Eretz Yisrael proper because outside of Eretz Yisrael, it's certainly each Shevet on his own. So now, so Eretz Yisrael proper, there was a problem because Eretz Yisrael proper is the possession of Klal Yisrael. And what is Klal Yisrael? Well, until Mashiach comes, Klal Yisrael is this super collective. And that's what we're trying to avoid with Shev Levi getting lost in that. But when Mashiach comes, the collective whole of Klal Yisrael is filled within each Shevet. So now Eretz Yisrael will be experienced, and Klal Yisrael will be experienced as each Shevet on its own. So now you automatically will never, Shaili will never fall into the prohibition anymore. This is what Ligmar is trying to say. This is a division of, of Hashem Yisbarach in such a way that every Shevet has its own self-contained unit. And that's the secret of the Sheet of the Smag. The Sheet of the Smag is telling us that of course this is a mitzvah, but it's just, you'll never violate it. Because the, the, the situation of Levi taking a portion in land that is the collective whole of Klai Yisrael, thus forcing them to become lost in that, that's not going to happen after Mashiach comes because the nature of Klai Yisrael will shift. It'll be Hiskalos Veskashris. Every Shevet will be Klai Yisrael on their own. Therefore, when you, the Eretz Yisrael will therefore not be seen as this collective whole of, of Klai Yisrael that every Jew or every Shevet is just a percentage of. Eretz Yisrael will be divided in such a way that every shave will have its own individual portion, not mixing with the other. And yet it will be the possession of Kal Yisrael because every shave will be Kal Yisrael. That's the nature of what's going on over here. Therefore, there's no, the prohibition is forever, but it's just, it, 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 you'll never violate it. You'll just never be put in a position to violate it once Mashiach comes. That's the side, that's the side of, this, uh, of this Gemara. This is why, by the way, just to end up, uh, yeah? Why does the Ron know? Okay. I don't know. That's the, uh, I guess that would be maybe for next week. We'll talk about the other, the other side of the argument. But now we're trying to explain uh, you know, the sheet of the smog. And, and that's why, by the way, just to go back, that's why, what was it in Mashiach? Mashiach is called, it, it's a, it, the, the Lush and the Brisa was that Eretz will be divided into 13 Shvatim. And says the Gemara, who's the 13th Shevet? One person called Mashiach. Because that's the site of Mashiach. The site of Mashiach is that every year is Mamash Shevet. It's Claudius Knesset Yisrael within each person, within each. Uh, that's, that's the site of Mashiach. That's what's going on here. Now, this idea that we're talking about, that every individual person finding everything within themselves, which is reflective of Elokus, the nature of Elokus, like the cauliflower, not the cup, that type of thing. So, as Hashem next week will. We'll, Develop this further, and we'll see this in the Svar Maral and Ratzatik and so on, where this can take us as well. And maybe it'll help us explain some stuff that uh, we struggle with in Gulf as well. Elevating the individual over the, 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 the individual is the club. I will stop with this. <laughs>